You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, it's time to get to know our new favorite hockey media personalities because they voted for our favorite captain for the Selkie. We've got a look at the voting plus some updated news on the draft and free agency that is coming up on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. It is another edition, I guess, of Locked On Kings After Dark. It's been a a little bit of a hectic week around these parts around Locked on Kings HQ. So we're, we're having some evening listening to wind down your days instead of, you know, bright and early in the morning. My name is Sarah Affampato. I am your host. I'm also the voice of the Monday show on Locked on NHL and one half of the voices that you hear on the Wednesday shows as well. I write the Kings newsletter called Line to the Throne, which is easing its way back into covering the Kings while we prepare for the draft and prepare for free agency and all that stuff. And of course, I am here with you guys every day bringing you Kings news and trivia and all sorts of cool stuff. So on today's show, like I said, we're going to take a look at the voting for the Selkie Award. And also I'm going to continue my conversation with Jason Hernandez from Locked on Ducks as we had a little bit of fun chatting about some of our adventures, traveling around the hockey world, seeing some sights, seeing some arenas. If you want to hear me uh, express my extreme dismay at the uh, aesthetics of the Honda Center, well, you're in luck because that is on the show. But first, let's look at the Selkie Award because it was announced that Sean Couturier from the Philadelphia Flyers has won finally his first Selkie Award, making Rachel and Danielle from Locked on Flyers two very happy people. They uh, talked up Sean Couturier in their little guest spot on this show as we were looking at teams to root for. If you're a Kings fan, uh, looking for teams to root for in the playoffs, uh, he was certainly one of the selling points. Uh, Another big selling point about him is that he's a cat dad, which to me personally is really important. But he won the Selkie. The other two finalists were basically, you know, our perpetual finalists of Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly. Couturier absolutely ran away with the vote, though, this year. He had 117 first place votes for the Selkie. This is a case of, I feel like, a little bit of he was overdue to be recognized, but also uh, he just has been a really strong performer and uh, can't complain too much about this one. In scrolling through the list, first off, Brett Marchand got some votes. I just noticed that as I was looking at this list. He finished ninth which I guess is a choice that someone made. But looking at this list, uh, well, first off, another player who has been mentioned on this show in our Who to Root For series uh, also finished in the top 10 for the Selkie, which is Philippe Deneau from the Montreal Canadiens. Laura Saba, uh, one half of that show, uh, is a big fan of his, and we have talked about him uh, a lot whenever we get together. He finished sixth with 175 points overall. Uh, Couturier, by the way, his points total was 1,424, which, like I said, ran away with the vote. But coming in seventh on the voting for the Selkie is our very own favorite captain, Ange Kopitar. He had 33 votes. It was more of a, like, we recognize you for being good, which, you know, he's won two Selkies before. I don't think he is too 
too broken up about the fact that he did not win. He previously won in 2016 and 2018 for the Selkie, which, uh, in case you have forgotten, honors the best defensive forward in the league, largely thought of as a award for centers, although Mark Stone is the latest uh, winger to kind of try to make a real run at getting recognized for his defensive abilities. But so Andre Kopitar ranked seventh, two third place votes four fourth place votes, and 11 fifth place votes. And this award is voted on by the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And so I figured, uh, since they actually do go and release the the lists now of who everyone has voted for, I thought it would be super fun to go look and see who voted for Kopitar. So I painstakingly went and like converted their awful PDF to like an Excel file so I could actually read it. It was like my big project for the day. It was way better than like anything else I was supposed to be doing. I hope my boss isn't listening to the show. But so I figured if you want to know who uh, who loves Anja Kopitar perhaps with their whole heart or at least uh, a small portion of their heart uh, or who in some of these cases, probably just did not put too much thought into like learning new players' names, which is also fine. Uh, I figured we could run down the list of people who voted for our favorite captain. Giving him the third place votes were Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News and Sean Shapiro from The Athletic. Both of those guys, interestingly enough, voted Anthony Sorelli from Tampa Bay first and gave their fourth place vote to Sean Couturier. So that was a little bit interesting. Uh, Ryan Kennedy also voted for Tavo Teravainen, which I respect that choice. That's that's a choice they made, and I think that's fine. Uh, the people with the fourth place votes, Joe Haggerty from NBC Sports Boston, he unsurprisingly gave Patrice Bergeron his first overall vote. He didn't vote for Brad Marchand, so if you wondered who voted for him, it wasn't the Boston guy. Uh, TSN's Gord Miller uh, Expressen, which is a Swedish news outlet, Gunnar Nordstrom and Aaron Portsline from The Athletic all also gave Kopitar their third place votes. Portsline's the only one who voted for Couturier first overall. Uh, and two of those guys, uh, Portsline and Haggerty, both voted for uh, Alexander Barkov, who is someone who I personally enjoy watching a lot, largely because he models his game very much after Andre Kopitar. So I think that's nice. And then with the fifth place votes, that gives uh, one point to our captain. We had Steve Dryden from TSN, Andrew Gross from Newsday, Abby Mastracco from the Bergen Record, which is a local newspaper, Sarah McClellan from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Dave Molinari from DK on PittsburghSports.com, Curtis Pashelka from the San Jose Mercury News, so he certainly sees a lot of our guy, Joe Rexrode and Rob Rossi, both from The Athletic, Kristen Shilton from TSN, Mark Spector at Sportsnet and Eric Stevens, also from The Athletic. Uh, he also sees a lot of our guy too. All of those guys gave Kopitar the fifth place point. So if you're looking for someone to like not be mean to on social media for one day, I guess maybe you can consider being nice to these people for giving our captain a vote. But of course, a long overdue recognition for the Philadelphia Flyers, Sean Couturier. I hope that he puts his cat on the award or something. I don't know if that's possible, but I... I would like to see that. We've got more hockey talk coming up right after this. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because Built Bar is back. It is better than ever. 
you're going to want to check this out. They are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And all of that has been made even better in the like Built Bar reboot. They're, the shape is like more uniform. They're even softer, even fluffier. And they have six great new flavors they are introducing, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and more. Built Bar doesn't only taste great, but they're also healthy for you. So if you're someone who is health conscious, if you are trying to make sure that what you're putting in your body is good for you, then Built Bar is definitely something you should investigate. They're low in calories, low in sugar. They've got high fiber. They are pretty much the ideal for someone like me who would like, you know, probably stand to eat a little better, but also wants things to taste like I'm just constantly putting candy in my face. So that is what Built Bar is there for. That is kind of what I use Built Bar for when I have a craving for something sweet. And the bonus is that you get energy and it's also good for you. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and get $10 off your next order. And one of my favorite things about when you shop at Built Bar, if you don't want to eat just like one flavor of bar, you don't want to buy a box and just have to eat the same flavor all over again, you can actually customize your box to pick a couple of different flavors to go in there. So you aren't limited to just buying one kind. You can make a make your own custom box. So definitely go check that out. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. We have some other big news in the NHL in that they have finalized all the information for both the upcoming draft and the opening of free agency. Uh, the draft is going to begin now on October 6th. The first round of the draft will be held on that Tuesday night. And then rounds two through seven begin the next morning, October 7th. I think this is kind of the second time it's been moved a little bit. Uh, I think it's just moved a couple of days this time. But we now have final dates and times and everything for the draft. So October 6th and October 7th is when you're going to want to be tuning in to see who the Kings drafted. If you're looking ahead, if you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the rest of the rounds of the draft. The Kings have 11 picks overall coming up in this draft. So they have the second pick in the first round. They have three picks in the second round. One is their own. One is from the Canucks as part of the trade for Tyler Toffoli. One is from the Vegas Golden Knights as part of the trade for Alec Martinez. In the next round, they have two picks. They have one that's their own and one that formerly belonged to the Columbus Blue Jackets, eventually bounced around and landed with the Leafs. And that was part of the trade that sent Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford up to Toronto. So two picks in the third round, two picks in the fourth round as well, their own and Calgary's. The one from Calgary is part of the Oscar Fantenberg trade from a couple years ago. Uh, so that is continuing to... Uh, to pay dividends, I guess. Vandenberg doesn't even play for Calgary anymore, and we're still getting a pick out of that. Uh, and then rounds five, six, and seven, so far the Kings only have just one draft pick each in those rounds. But Rob Blake, again, doing the most that he can to continue to acquire picks that he can help stock the uh, draft, stock the prospect cupboard with. And, you know, now that the Kings are really getting recognized for their their prospects and for the people they have in the pipeline. That strategy at least is paying off and we'll get to see some pretty exciting stuff uh, coming up in October, less than a month away, believe it or not, for the draft. So that's coming up October 6th and 7th is the draft. Free agency also begins very quickly after that. Free agency begins Friday, October 9th. 
probably not going to be a whole lot of action for the Kings again on on that day. The biggest thing that's been kicking around there is the need to bring in another veteran defenseman so they could do something like that. But as usual, at least in this current version of the Kings, I wouldn't expect them to make a big splash or much of a splash at all. It's going to be more depth players. The Kings have a handful of unrestricted free agents who I sincerely doubt are going to be coming back. And that sadly does include Trevor Lewis. Uh, It does not seem like they are going to be bringing him back. So an end of an era in Los Angeles and already getting a little a little sad to think about the uh, inevitable welcome home video whenever Trevor Lewis goes and plays for like the Senators or something. Ugh, that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, on the blue line, they had Ben Hutton and Joachim Ryan, uh, both who are going to be unrestricted free agents. And like, I'm going to be honest, I feel like this could be a whole other show and maybe it will be. But if the Kings are looking to like sign an unrestricted free agent who is a left-hand defenseman and have him play on the team and be a resource for young players or whatever it is that they want from their veteran defenseman they're looking for, they could just go ahead and re-sign Ben Hutton. I mean, he was fine for the Kings. I didn't, I didn't hate him. You know, this, this, the contract he had this past year with the Kings was pretty much a, like, he needed a contract. The Kings needed a defenseman. Congratulations. It's a match. So it's possible that Hutton, who is 27, is looking for somewhere that's going to give him a little more term, a little more longevity than he's probably going to be able to have with the Kings. But like, I don't know, maybe they should look in their own backyard to bring on a defenseman who's already familiar with our system if he is willing to come on a a good deal. But other than that, there aren't really any other unrestricted free agents. In the minor leagues, they had Tim Schaller, who was basically like a throw-in on that Tyler Toffoli deal to to make it work for Vancouver. And then Paul Ledoux, who at points in his career with the Kings, um, he was kind of thought of as untouchable. He was the prospect that it was like, People wanted him and the Kings weren't going to give him up. And instead, he basically languished in the AHL because he has just not been a good fit uh, with the Kings. He hasn't been able to catch on with any of the head coaches who have been part of the Kings system. I would not anticipate Paul Adu coming back next season. I would anticipate him walking and both teams being okay with that arrangement. So don't expect big stuff on free agency day, but we'll be keeping track of it just in case. I would anticipate, you know, more kind of minor league deals or deals for guys who are in that sort of bubble of players that you will probably see in the AHL most of the year, but who could play a role in the NHL if you need them. So free agency begins October 9th. I'm very excited to not have to worry about the Kings doing anything stupid on that day. Next on the show, it is the continuation of my conversation with Jason Hernandez from Locked on Ducks. We had a lot of fun getting together and talking about some of our favorite hockey travels, our favorite arenas, our least favorite arenas, weird things we've experienced while traveling for hockey. Uh, And so that is more of that conversation coming up next on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Welcome back to Locked On SoCal Hockey. Your number is higher than mine, but I thought my arena count for NHL was 10. I am mistaken. It's at 11. Come on, GD. And I should have known (laughs) better than that. I really should have. Do you want to know why? 
I, I, I'm dying to know why. Because there's an arena I went to that is not a current arena, and I cannot believe I didn't include this in my count. The Fabulous Forum in Inglewood, California, the former home of the LA Kings. Oh, if we're counting, the, I, then I forgot one as well. Don't tell me it's the old stadium. I, I forgot um, uh, the Civic Arena. Oh, the Igloo. Pittsburgh's old arena. Yeah, the Igloo. I, I did not count that. Of course you count. Okay, so in baseball circles, you do count the stadiums that are no longer, but they used to house teams, so it counts. Sweet. Yeah, I love the I miss the forum. That was such a fun little arena. You got to go up to the concourse area, uh, the colonnade and the loge, and you went between the two sections, and you got to see Bob Miller right there, and you kind of got <laughs> to wave to him. It was super cool getting to see games at the forum. Man, I, I just miss it so much. So you just, you, you left it off of your list to, like, protect yourself, to protect your heart from being sad about it. Exactly. Oh, yeah, the Honda Center. We, we both have been there. It's so orange. See, I don't hate the Honda Center. Everyone's nice there. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I don't hate it. It was just very aggressively 1990s. Well, see, here's the like... thing. You should have gone a couple <laughs> of years ago when they had the 25th anniversary celebration and you saw a lot more eggplant and a lot more teal and it was much more fun. Much more fun. Those are the jerseys I really, really liked. The year that I went to, the first time I went to Honda Center, um, it was like the year that they had, that neon orange one was like their third jersey or whatever. And so you walk in and every arena I go to, um, I buy a player shirt uh, as like a souvenir-ish of whatever arena I went to. Because most teams, even if I don't you know, root for the team, I can find a player that I like to buy a shirt, whatever. Sure. So I walk into the team store at Honda Center and it was just like literally a whole wall of like eye searing neon orange t-shirts and I was like I literally just kind of like stopped in my tracks and was like this is very aggressively ducks so orange so orange that's it for today's show thank you so much for tuning in we will be back next week with more news more looks at what's going on in the playoffs. Maybe we'll be a little closer to knowing who's going to the Stanley Cup final by then. We'll get to see what ex-kings we get to root for to see them raise the Stanley Cup. All that and more is coming up next week on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. So thank you so much for listening. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. You can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Go give us both follows uh, so you never miss an episode or any Kings related news. Subscribe to this podcast, tell a friend all about it, and leave a rating or a review if you like what you're hearing. Uh, let people know that you're enjoying the show. Get them on board, too. So that's it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.